Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers some of your most pressing questions. Let's hear what he has to say. Ever since I came out with a a new book called Grandparenting Teens, grandparents have been writing, asking questions about how to engage with their teen grandchildren. Um, One mother, one grandmother asked this. She goes, I enjoy listening to your radio. I am the grandmother of two beautiful teen girls. I feel like I have nothing in common with them. I took care of them since they were babies, and usually the only time I see them now is at volleyball or basketball games, but they're so busy. I don't know how to connect with them. And um, they love playing board games and cards, which we do, you know, as we have time for, but we just don't have the time. This is the heart of most grandparents. Another part, person asks a question, a mom says, how do I get my son back? Um, uh, Six months ago, my 16-year-old son walked out of my life to go live with his dad who was absent for the previous two years. And he told me that I disrespected him and that in order to get respect back, I was going to have to give respect. And that means getting rid of the Life 360. Um, The Life 360 is a monitoring device that you can put it in your home to uh, be able to see where everybody is and, uh, you know, on their phone and such. Um, He's battled some depression. He's a Christian, and he's a a great guy and a wonderful kid. Um, But um, I don't know how to get back to him, and I don't know how to – I just don't know how to engage with him. Great question. I mean, I I think the question would be this. At at what point do you let up on – you know, what a child begins to realize is an invasion of privacy. Part of it's just holding a kid accountable, but at some point – you know, would you agree with me that if you are still monitoring your child's phone at age 25, that's a little bizarre? Uh, would you agree with me that at age 12, monitoring everything uh, that a child is doing on their phone and on the internet is um, not an invasion of privacy by holding them accountable? Okay, so that means between those ages of 13 and 25, there's got to be some reduction. And there's got to be a way to move out of that so that you're not invading a child's privacy privacy based upon, really based upon their perception of what's going on. Here's another question that somebody said, my husband and I are desperately seeking help with our son. He's 18, lived in a home. He has struggled over the years with vaping, porn, drinking, and THC. He's been caught time after time lying. Um, so we came to an agreement that he could live here And we would continue to provide for him, but he had to agree to drug and nicotine test. And I tested him today and he was caught cheating using somebody else's urine. I don't know what to do. That's a great question. I've got an answer for you. Here's somebody else that says, what do you do when you have a teenager who has a past history of manipulation? Here's another question that somebody says, we're currently in a family crisis at the moment. Um... And because my son had to tell me uh, that his stepdad, um, my current husband, is being unfaithful. But he's also saying if I reconcile and move back home that he's moving out because he can't stand 
the stepdad, for the way that he's treating him. Here's another question. I have a 14-year-old daughter, um, and I suggested that we go on a walk, and she isn't interested. So she's probably a lot like me. I don't like going on walks either. But I think that's a great um, question when somebody says, how do I get to a better place with a daughter that's not interested in the things that I want to put together to take her out and spend time with her so I can continue to have an influence? So those are the questions that we're dealing with today. Um, hey, on a side note, People are asking me all the time, um, where is Heartlight? What's it about? Uh, because they know uh, that I live with 60 high school kids that come from all over the country. And let me just give you a, a direction to go here. If you want to find out about Heartlight, uh, you can go to www.heartlight.info. That's H-E-A-R-T-L-I-G-H-T dot info. And that'll give you just about uh, every bit of information you could ever want about the program located here in Longview, Texas. Here's the first question. You know, I, I enjoy listening. I have nothing in common uh, with my grandkids. That we only, I only see them when, I play when we go to volleyball and basketball games. Uh, I'd appreciate any advice you can give me. Okay, to this grandmother, I want to tell you this. Your example is speaking louder than you ever know. We get this idea that if we're not talking, then... Um, then we're not having an influence. And I will tell every grandparent out there, that's just not true. Uh, your grandkids are watching you. Here's the other thing that's happened um, is that as their sphere of social um, influence and circle widens, then people get pushed out. And if you don't have anything in common with them, then what happens is grandparents are usually some of the first ones to get pushed out. And so I hear exactly what you're saying, Grandma. Um, I deal with the same thing as, as a grandfather, a papa of um, a 21-year-old that's graduating from college to a 16-year-old that just got her license this past week to a 10-year-old who is, you know, running 100 miles an hour and a 9-year-old who's a redheaded wildfire lady. Um, and I have to work hard at trying to find things to engage with them. Uh, and so, because if not, I know that I will be eliminated in some way. And so I would ask you the question this, what do they need and what can you provide? Because, the, the, you know, the, they've got to see some sense of need in having you in their life. And, and the relationship's been there, but they are so pressed that it may be that you know, I, I would ask yourself, what can you provide? And, and I say that. Let's say that you see them at volleyball games and basketball games. Then is there a volleyball tournament at a college somewhere close to you that, that your grandkids would love to go to? Then I would make arrangements to go do that together. And what you'll find is as you spend more time together, or if there's a basketball tournament that they really enjoy – then I would say go to it. Buy tickets. It's going to cost you a little bit. Buy tickets. Take them on a weekend away to go see that game. Go shopping a little bit. Spend some time. Eat some food. Sit around and talk. And don't feel like you have to have an agenda. But what will happen is they'll begin to connect with you because you're providing something that they want. And that may be just spending time doing something else. And you're doing it with them. 
I would do this. If I want my grandkids to come over, you know what I do? I cook the best meal that they would ever want. I ask them, what do you want? I mean, so they'll say, I want crab meat. I want salmon. I want, you know, I want brisket. I want steaks. I, I want you to cook shrimp. I want you to, you know, whatever they want, that's what I'm going to cook. Why? Because I want them to know that when they come to my house, they're number one on my list. And my hope is that they will keep me number one on their list. Are you following me? And so it's 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 switching gears a little bit. It's not treating them like they're little kids anymore. It's realizing they're growing up and giving them the freedom to do so, but always throwing out new ideas and new things to do with them so that so that they can connect with you in some way. Hey, on on a side note, um, I'm looking for ways to to connect with my grandkids all the time. Um, I just let my 16-year-old granddaughter take our Jeep, uh, my prized Jeep that I polish and clean all the time, and I'm letting her drive it back and forth to school. And it's not because I don't feel like she can't get there with some other car, because I want her to make a connection with me. I just loaned her some money to buy a dog. And it's a cute little dog, but she brings that dog down to see me all the time. And so if I'm seeing the dog, I get to see her. I bought these two little hover balls off of Facebook, and you, know, you throw them, they light up, and they hover. We used them over Thanksgiving, and my grandkids broke them. So I ordered more, and I've got more. I, I ordered these guns that shoot out bubbles like crazy. So I'm always surprising them with stupid stuff. And they go, why would a 66-year-old man bring these things out? You know why? Because we laugh and we have fun. And that's what I want them to know more than anything else. Then the message that I have to give them can come across in some way. Follow me? Keep trying. Keep trying. And, and do this. Get that Grandparenting Teens uh, book, and it'll give you a lot of ideas. Here's another question that, that a mom asked, and I think this is important for everybody. And it's, uh, how do I get my son back? Six months ago, my 16-year-old son walked out of our life, and basically he said I was stalking him by using Life360. He's a Christian kid, uh, is involved in Fellowship of Christian Athletes, but he won't return my texts. He won't respond to my pleas for forgiveness or reconciliation. Um, and he's also estranged from his older brother and cut off all family members. Um, what do I do? And I, and I think this mom is trying to have the relationship, just like when a mom kind of intervenes and, and says, we're going to put this magical ball in our house so I can tell where you are all the time. And so I know that you're not lying to me. And if you ever need help, then, then I'll know where you are. And, and I think that's a wonderful idea. I was on a, in a film with Kirk Cameron uh, a few years ago and and they push this ball. I think it's called the circle. And I can't remember what it is. And and um, I know that my granddaughter was with us when we went and saw the movie. I did the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie with him where we talked about the influences of the Internet. And my 12-year-old granddaughter walked up to me and she goes, you ever get one of those balls and I'm never coming to your house again. And the reason is because she feels like it's an invasion of privacy. I remember back when I was in the ninth grade, and I'd be calling Jan on the phone. Uh, yeah, rotary dial phone. And so we're sitting there talking. I got 10 minutes is, is was the limit. I got to talk to her. My parents never listened in on any of my conversations. If I sent a letter to anybody, they never, never 
opened the letter and read it. And I, and I would say that from ninth grade on up. Now, did I lie to him? Well, sure I did. You know, I mean, there were different times I'd say I was one place and I was really someplace else. And, and, um, and that happens occasionally because that's normal adolescent behavior. But I think what's beginning to happen is that because we have devices that can check in on our kids, it infuriates a lot of kids to think that, that here's a 16-year-old young man that's two, two years away from serving in the military, two years away from going off to college or getting a job, from becoming an adult and voting, that he has somebody that is watching over him continually to make sure that you are where you say you're going to be. And by age 15 or 16, that ought to be all worked out already. And so I can see why a, a, a young man is saying, leave me alone. You're invading me. And and I'm, this isn't an anti-Life 360. I, I mean, but sometimes it allow, that allows people to snoop and spy. And, and, um, and by age 16, this young man ought to be well on his way to adulthood. And so... Um, my encouragement would be put that that 360 thing away for a 16-year-old young man. I would apologize, which it sounds like you've done, um, and I, w- I would say I've gotten rid of it. I would maybe do this, not only apologize for doing it, but saying that you were wrong in doing that. And, and hopefully over time, he will come back to you. Um, I think I think young men just look at things like that as a violation of of privacy and and so they just go I'm going to strike out on my own and because um, I don't want anybody looking over my shoulder all the time. It's not always the best, but I, I hope that that helps a little bit. Here's somebody else says, my husband and I are desperately seeking help with our young son. He's 18, living at a home. He struggled over years with vaping and porn and drinking and all this other stuff. And since we provide for him and pay college tuition, we ask that he not be involved in those things. We tested him. He agreed. We tested him. And he's using somebody else's urine. What do I do? It's time for this young man to move out. That's what it is. He chose, if you if you said that we came to an agreement that we will test you, and if it comes back positive, then you can't live here then you've got to follow through on that. But this isn't your choice of kicking him out of the house. This is his choice. We get this idea that that you're the one kicking him out. You're not the one kicking him out at all. You set the parameters, you set the rules, and he is choosing whether he's going to live at home or not. And I would tell him that if you do those things, I'm not providing for you. I will not pay for college tuition. I will not pay for gas. I will not pay for insurance. I'll not pay for a car. And evidently, you have enough money to, you know, uh, be drinking and vaping and and doing everything else. So you go figure it out. I know it's a harsh stance to take, but you've got to discipline your son. As Proverbs says, discipline your son while there's yet hope and don't participate in his death. Kids start doing stupid things. And we think that it's okay for it to continue. And I think consequences have got to be harsh to get their attention to go, this is not going to happen anymore. And you're talking about an 18-year-old young man that is old enough to get his life together. 
uh, regardless of his past. He can serve in the military, as I mentioned on the other question. He can go do a number of things. But the reason he's doing is because your provision is quickly moving to enabling him to do those things. And he does them because he can. You know what? If he was out of the house and required to pay $800 a month rent, he would have to work so much he wouldn't have time to do all this other stuff. So I'd require something of him and tell him that if you finish college, I'll be happy to reimburse you you know, or, or whatever it is. But you manipulate it so he's the one that's being responsible and it's not you having to treat him like a little 12-year-old, which it sure um, sounds like um, he's acting. I mean, when you confronted him, as you said in your question, uh, he said that that it was your fault because you found it because you shouldn't have been going through his room. That sounds like something from a seventh grader. Um, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. Here's the second question, or not the second question, the next question. What do you do when you have a teenager as a past history of manipulation? <laughs> they all do, don't they? That's very, it, it, the, the person says here, it's difficult for me to relax when I'm with her and to trust what she is saying or how she's acting. Okay, do you trust teens? I don't. Scripture says that cursed is the man who puts his trust in man, for he'll be like a bush in the desert. He'll dwell on the salt places. This is Old Testament stuff. He'll dwell on the salt places of the earth where no one dwells, and his leaves will wither in a time of heat goes on to say, well, blessed is the man who puts his trust in God. And I tell you, you can, I, you can trust that God has created adolescence as a time of manipulation. And I would go a little bit further and say, why is she manipulating in line? And the reason is because she's not getting what she wants. And that may be a, a maturity issue, but it may also be a sense of entitlement that she needs to break. You didn't give me your age. And so it's hard for me to say, what to do. Uh, I mean, a 13-year-old is far different than an 18-year-old. But I know this, that people manipulate and lie to project an image of who they want to be or to protect something of themselves, either feelings or thoughts. It's either a projection or protection. So I would spend a little bit of time going, hmm, why is she saying this to me? And if she's asking you to make a decision, don't give an answer in 24 hours. I need to think about that. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, let me talk. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. And kind of put two and two together and say, I'm okay with giving you an answer as long as you accept whatever the answer is. And when the answer comes, I'm not going to, I'm not going to batter back and forth. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you on anything. When I give you an answer, that's the answer. One time, one time. And I think we get into this deal where a kid learns to manipulate that if they keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, that they feel like they can get their way. There's at some point that you've got to say, I'm going to give you an answer and that's it. And when you keep pushing me anymore, that is disrespect. And when there's disrespect in a house, that's when consequences have got to be great. If you disrespect me, it's the loss. Let's say she's 16. It's a loss of your car. Now it's loss of insurance. Now I'm selling the car. You know, and you start taking things away because if you don't have respect in a home, you know, and and the and the and the bases that that she's kind of placing this in, in the she's in the basket, if you will, of manipulation. 
That's her disrespect toward you. So ask yourself, what are you doing that is that is causing her to have to manipulate? Maybe you never give anything or or you always give in. So she knows if she keeps pushing that she'll get what she wants. What you're doing now is helping her entitlement, which is going to destroy future relationships. And so, I mean, I mean, you're in a, a normal position of kids. You've got to change your positioning and, and maybe lay some ground rules for how she can ask and how you talk about things. I tell her, you know, whenever you talk to me, you know, it's amazing to me. I feel like you're manipulating me. I feel, and, and to me, that's very disrespectful. I tell him in a heartbeat. I mean, it, you got to speak the truth in love, but that's the way you come across to a young lady that's trying to manipulate you uh, and use you or uses other people in the family to get what she wants. It's very, very selfish. Here's another question where a mom says, we're currently in a family crisis. Um, my son had to tell me about my uh, my husband, his stepdad, that he's being unfaithful. And so now my son has said, because of the way he's being treated by his stepdad, that if I reconcile and go back with my husband, then he will not move back in. You know what? Evidently, it's been going on for a while. And, um, uh, you know, in, in your comment uh, uh, to the lady who's asking the question, you say they've already had a pretty rough relationship in the five years that we've been together. I think at some point, um, a young man, and I, I don't see the age here of, of how old he is, but I imagine he's 17 or 18 years of age. And he's basically saying, because he's becoming independent, and he's getting tired of it. He's just saying, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. You know, sometimes the healthiest kid um, out of a family is the one who's struggling the most. And we get this idea because they're struggling for something good because they want something better. They want they don't want to continue on the same path they're on. So they go, um, I, I think I'm just going to go ahead and move out. And you know what I'd do? I'd let him move. I'd let him go ahead and go um, and still build the relationship with him. And now you're kind of stuck in between, you know, having a relationship with a son who's very special to you and a relationship with a husband that you're trying to reconcile a relationship. But I think I think it's important for you to let one have their freedom and the other one uh, have their opportunity for you to work on the relationship. And then if things change in the future, they change. And if they don't, you still strive to have a relationship with both. Here's somebody else that said, my 14-year-old daughter and I want to spend time together, and I suggested we go on a walk. She isn't interested. I would say, me either. I don't like walks. But she doesn't want to talk to me when she's going to bed. <clears throat> me either. Um, I don't like to talk when I'm going to bed. What are some ways we can spend time together, and, and how should we make it happen by planning ahead? I need some tips. And, and this lady's asking a very genuine question. And, um, you know, at times there's kids that are just bored. They don't want to go do things because they're consumed with other things. And you may have to set some structure up at home where you say that, you know, Monday and Wednesday nights are, are uh, cell-free nights and we're going to do something together. Uh, the other nights you don't have to. Maybe it's Tuesday and Friday that you have a dinner together. And you go, these are house rules. It's just how we're going to operate. And a daughter who goes, well, I'd rather spend time, you know, at, um, 
in my room by myself on my phone, connecting with people all over. Let, let me ask, who's paying for the phone? Then what you're doing if you're paying for the phone is you're supplying the opportunity for her to stay away from you because she's getting consumed with other folks. And so if if she still has an old flip phone or something doesn't have access to anything, I would tell her this. You spend time with me once a week and we go do something. I'll pay for your phone. Matter of fact, I'll get you a brand new phone, a, a wonderful phone that you'll love. Um, and then it's a matter of, then I'll let you have um, whatever social networking sites you want to be on. I'll let you have those things. I want to give you the responsibility, but you just don't get it by ignoring me. You know, I will give you things, but I'm going to require things from you. To him who much is given, much is required. And what that means is I'm going to say, um, I'm really going to say that if you can spend some time with me, then I'll be happy to do some things for you. And you kind of force her to do that where she sees that there's a benefit of hanging out with you. Now, mom, if you're doing things that are pushing her away, you got to stop. You got to quit being the police and making it all happen. But this is an important time for you and your daughter because she needs you. She's 14 years old. She needs you desperately. And she may not act like it, but she does. And you've got to figure out a way to say, how can I kind of, you know, manipulate her to spend time with me? I asked somebody to come over to watch the Country Music Awards. Uh, it was a young lady and a staff girl that Jan and I took to Nashville to see the Country Music Awards. And I said, uh, and she lives here with us. And I said, well, why don't you come over to our house to eat with this staff girl and we can watch what we saw in person. We can now watch on TV and it looks completely different. If it was just doing that, um, I don't think she would have come. But I said, and I'll cook up a meal. What meal do you want? And she said, well, I want to have steak. <laughs> I'm going, then that's what I'm cooking. And I'm, she's going to have a great meal. And we're going to have a great time sitting around. But I'm going to manipulate her in some way. Country Music Awards, a great meal. Come spend some time with Jane and I. And it really is just so we can spend some time. So I've got to be strategic in, in what I'm offering in hopes that it will appeal to her in some way that she'll want to, to, to spend some time with somebody that she thinks she doesn't. Anyway, I hope these answers to these questions have helped out a little bit. As I've mentioned earlier, if you need to find anything out about Heartlight, go to heartlight.info. Uh, that's heartlight.info. And we're always looking for staff, uh, residential staff, 21, 28 years of, old, uh, of age and single uh, who love kids and are wonderful people that would love to spend a year of their life to uh, pour into the, the, the lives of these kids. And they can find out about uh, that job, if you know of anybody, at ayearintexas.com. That's ayearintexas.com. That's the commitment we ask for from our staff to, to come spend time with us. Hey, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. 
Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us back here on Monday for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.